0: Hey, you want to go to San Francisco or Vegas or Phoenix or Chicago or whatever for the weekend? And because we were using airline miles and hotel points for our trips, basically we would spend less on those trips than we would if we went out to a nice dinner and a movie or to a show or whatever in our own backyard.
1: Welcome to the Aloha Friday podcast coming from the Landsberg Law Office in the historic penthouse suite of the Executive Center in downtown Honolulu. Here we talk to the most interesting people we know, from current events to how they got to where they are to how they see the world. And now, your co hosts of the Aloha Friday podcast, Marcus Landsberg and Naomi Cooper Christensen. Aloha. Aloha and welcome to the Aloha Friday podcast. I am your co host, Marcus Landsberg, and I'm joined today by my co host, Naomi Cooper Christensen. Hello. Hey, Naomi. Thanks uh, for joining us today. And today, our special guest is Lee Huffman. Lee spent 18 years as financial planner and corporate finance manager before quitting his corporate job to write full-time in 2018. He's been writing about early retirement, credit cards, travel insurance, and other personal finance topics since 2012. He enjoys showing people how to travel more, spend less, and live better through the power of travel rewards. When Lee is not getting his passport stamped around the world, he's researching methods to earn more miles and points towards his next vacation. Lee's writing can be found on many popular travel and credit card websites such as The Points Guy, Forbes Advisor, and Nerd Wallet. You can follow Lee's travels at baldthoughts.com or listen to his weekly travel podcast at wetravelthere.com. On a personal note, when I needed a credit card, Lee was the person I called And he told me which one was going to be the best for me based on what I needed going forward. So I knew when I finally got a platform, I wanted to make sure I could share his mana with my uh, audience. So I appreciate that. Lee, thank you for joining us today. It's great to be here, bud. Good. And it's good to finally talk to you. I haven't
0: been able to talk to you without texting. Normally, I just text you, but I haven't been able to talk to you for a long time. (laughs) I know. It's been too long. You know We've known each other all these years, and we've resorted down to just texting now. <laughs> they get the best of us.
1: So let me ask you let's, let's dive right in. How did you start to see the matrix with points and miles? How'd you get into that?
0: Well, uh, it started when I used to work in, in banking, and I had a client who was a travel agent. And the travel agent recommended that I get a credit card for one of the airlines or hotels that I was really favorable towards. So I said, okay. So I got the Southwest credit card and I was chugging along doing all that. This was probably 15 years ago. So around like 2004, 2005. And through that, I started home like, okay, this is pretty cool. Good to be able to fly a little bit. And so I I moved up and I got a, a credit card for, that was for hotels as well. So now I have the Southwest card And the SPG, which is now Marriott, uh, had both of those cards. And I thought I was doing pretty well. Uh, My wife, uh, we started dating, and we started going on all these trips. It got to the point where we were going on trips probably two to three weekends a month. Uh, Wow. We're were both classic people where it's, you know, you're working during the day, uh, you work all week. And then instead of going on dates, because I had the Southwest Companion Pass, what I would do is go, hey, you want to go to San Francisco or Vegas or Phoenix or Chicago or whatever for the weekend? And because we were using airline miles and hotel points for our trips, basically we would spend less on those trips than we would if we went out to a nice dinner and a movie or to a show or whatever in our own backyard. Wow. Oh, you're killing me. Yeah. <laughs> so don't let, your wow. wife, don't let your wife listen to this
1: one. She's going to not be too happy about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> the good thing is my wife is completely uninterested
0: in anything I do for work. So that's okay. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and so, so I started doing all that. And everything, I thought I was, I thought I had it dialed in, man. I was like, oh, any place we want to go, we're flying, we're taking care of it. And then all of a sudden my wife says, you know, I really want to go to Paris. Oh, and well, but baby, Southwest doesn't fly to Paris.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, so that like made me realize, okay, what I thought I knew was just scratching the surface. And at that point, Ooh. it was kind of one of those things where it was, like in the matrix you either take the red pill or the blue pill you <laughs> take the one pill and you go back to your normal life and you assume everything's different you know every, and then you take the other pill and now it's like this whole new world is like opened up to you and uh, that was in 2011 uh we ultimately did go on our trip and I was able to earn so many miles and points over the next you know a uh, little bit over a year that not only were my wife and I able to go we brought our son who at the time of our trip was just over two years old. And then we also had enough to bring my mother-in-law. So that way we had a built-in babysitter. So we can do a little bit of uh, fun stuff while we were there. And I earned enough where we were able to, we flew economy there, but on the way back, we flew business class. Mm. So you should have seen the looks of having this 26 month old child (sighs) sprawled out (laughs) in a business class seat. And like, everybody's like walking past. I'm like, who is this kid? You know (laughs) <laughs> ah. so but uh, but yeah it was pretty phenomenal. Uh we had a great time. Uh she she loved obviously visiting Paris. It was the first time I'd been to Paris. And uh yeah, it was fun and that opened my eyes even more that I thought I was you know, obviously America there are so many great things to see. I mean, you can spend your entire lifetime seeing everything there is to see within the US. But Absolutely. I think that you would really be doing yourself a disservice if you don't explore outside of our borders. And see all the other things that are the do around the world.
2: Yes, 100%. I agree. And so, was that your taste of international travel? Is that really what fueled you to go big?
0: Well, okay. So, fast forward. That was in like you know that was in 2012 when we took that trip. Uh, actually, sorry, that was in 2013. My son was two years old, uh, and then uh, right around that time, as I was earning all those miles and points. And, you know, all our friends were seeing us go on all these trips. They assumed that because I was making good money at the bank, that that's the reason why we we're able to go on all these trips. And I said, well, if you know me well enough, you know that I'm too frugal to be spending all this money on all these, <laughs> all these flights and hotels. And so let me show you what I'm doing. And I started my blog uh, and basically kind of walking people through some of the processes of doing the, the paying for the trips or earning the miles and the points for the trips. Uh, <clears throat> I had a job, you know, my job was stressful, uh, long hours, uh, long commute. My, had a, my trip was, my round trip commute was three hours going, wow. from, going from Anaheim, which is right, right near Disneyland to downtown LA where my wow. job was. And wow. so it was a long time. I mean, it was, it was, yeah, <laughs> it eat up a lot of, a lot of your life, uh, doing that, you know? Um, so between all that, there were times where my my blog I didn't post to it for like for weeks, uh, sometimes probably Correct. even a month or more you know so it was really kind of like a release valve you know it's like something that's kind of fun to do when I'm not you know neck deep into Excel formulas and PowerPoint presentations for work <laughs> you know um, but over the years you know I, I started you know I was very interested in personal finance. I started attending this uh, personal finance conference it's not for end users but it's for people that write. And produce personal finance content called FinCon, and yeah. it's a conference that happens every year uh, in the fall, around September, October timeframe. And by attending that, one, I was just kind of there geeking out, you know, like with being able to meet some of the people that read their articles and, and watch some of their YouTube videos and everything. But part of it also was I was just making connections, making friends, uh, and then also occasionally learning a few things that I try to take back and, and put into my site. But over the years, I became really good friends with people, and I started you know, having personal conversations with them, and realizing, wow, some of these people make really good money. Um, really, you know, for like even for me, like what I do as a freelance writer now, um, there are people that do the same thing I do, uh, probably obviously do it better because they get paid a lot more than I am, but they're making like <laughs> three hundred grand a year just wow. writing articles on the internet. It's wow. pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, and I know, like, just within my small circle. Uh, of immediate friends that i I talk to on a regular basis there's like five or six of them that make that kind of Mm. money you know and i'm not there Uh, yet and hopefully one day i I will but uh for me it's also kind of that balance of writing for other people but i'm also trying to create my own content for my own site whereas most of these other people they don't have their own sites where they're publishing content uh, there they're they're constantly publishing content for other people and so i I want go ahead
1: I I sort of feel after you finish this podcast today, your name will get out there enough.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. That we'll will see. get you up to three hundred
1: thousand. I feel, <laughs> feel nice. that should be our target.
0: That'd be, be nice. <laughs> I may have I may have to add Marcus to my uh, list of clients. So.
1: I appreciate that very much. Let me ask you.
0: <laughs> so uh,
1: yeah. a lot of people collect miles. Yeah. And at the end, they look at their score sheet and they see what they can get or what they cannot. I feel like you know what you're doing before you collect the miles like you have your target already was there is that from fincon or was there something else that you figured out how to see the matrix as you mentioned
0: so that is more of uh like the the travel conferences that i attend there's there's one that happens every october in chicago called the chicago seminars there is another one that kind of rotates throughout the year called uh, frequent traveler university there's another one of finance buzz their fbz elite summit so When you attend these conferences, you're able to meet people, listen to presentations, uh, and you're trading kind of like the 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 tips and tricks as far as how it works, and that's really where you're learning this stuff. But really, yeah, like you said, it's like the the book, you know, uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is like you're beginning with the end in mind, right? So you don't just haphazardly haphazardly you uh, you earn all these miles and points, right? Like I said, Southwest is a great airline; they have you know, really affordable flights throughout the U S but if you want to go to Europe, you want to go to Asia, South America, you know, that's really not the airline that's going to get you there. Right. So if you, even if you had 5 million miles and points in Southwest, that's really not the right Avenue if you want to go to those other areas. Mm. Um, So, so it's really, it, it starts out with, okay, where do you want to go figuring out the airlines and hotels that are there or the airlines that'll get you there and the hotels that are there and then figuring out a plan to be able to accumulate as many of those miles and points as you can, that we can reduce the cost as much as possible. And so sometimes people think it's like a failure if, they, if they're like, oh, I couldn't, have to, I couldn't pay for all of our tickets, right? Uh, maybe they're only able to pay for, like say it's, you know, like my family, we have a family of four, we're only able to pay for like three of the tickets with miles and points, right? Well, that's still a lot of a big savings. So if you only had to pay for one ticket versus paying for four, that's a huge savings. you save yourself seventy five percent of the cost of that yeah. vacation, yes, you know so don't don't feel bad if you're not able to, to do it all like same thing. maybe you're only able to pay for like the the flight there or the or the return flight, and the other the other half of the flight you have to pay the cash you know or like in a hotel you're gonna be there for say five days six days, and you're able to pay for like two or three nights with the with the credit card points that's still a huge win because the average mm-hmm. hotel night, probably two or $300 for most places you're going to want to stay. No, absolutely. And the one you introduced me to got every
1: fourth night free at really? the hotel. Yeah, the City wow. Prestige. Yeah, so that's I a pretty was awesome card. Able, So I was able to get, um, basically we were able to stay there 12 days in Japan because we didn't have a place to stay, but we had to be around my wife's family. Um, and we saved, what is it, uh, a third or a quarter of our trip because I made sure every four nights we changed hotels. Wow. And then the other thing is you get to see more hotels. You get to see more stuff. You get to be in a new neighborhood. So that was wow. kind of cool as well. And that was because Lee gave me that direction. Otherwise, I awesome. would have been in the same hotel and going to the same restaurants in the same neighborhood, among other things. Right. So I appreciate that. Give me uh, one tip. like not I don't want your whole website, but give me the <laughs> one tip which you would suggest today
0: which makes me want to go to Bald Thoughts and devour the rest. Oh, sure, sure. So, the well, this is a tip, even if you don't go to my site, because you know I want to help everybody out. So right now, you know, we're recording this, the coronavirus is happening, everybody's supposed to be staying at home, you're not going out, right? One, eventually we will be able to travel again, right? So you don't want to just forgive, forget about miles and points and like, oh, I'm not going to do this ever again, right? Eventually, at some point, you will be able to use them. So right now, uh, everybody, you can't go out really, so you're, you're stuck at home. But you're still ordering things online, used for delivery, whether it's food, whether it's products that you need. Right. Go through a shopping portal first before you make any sort of before you make any sort of orders, right, Marcus? Shopping you have your you, you have, you, Marcus. You have your law practice, right? You probably order a lot of stuff from Staples for like you copy paper, your toner, pens, your legal pads, all that stuff, right? Before right. you go to Staples.com, there's a website. Go to CashbackMonitor.com
1: and oh, type in monitor.com
0: yep and then go to staples uh, type in staples so that way you're searching for that website and you click on it and it'll show you all the different sites out there that'll show you the cash back available or the like the the airlines that are offering miles on your purchases wow. and i was just looking at that earlier today so with staples uh united airlines right now is giving you four miles for every dollar that you're spending wow, wow. And United comes to Hawaii, so that's a yeah. Good so you one get, for you're earning you're earning United miles, and then on top of that, if you really want to do, you know, get a card, uh, and again you own a business, so there's different business cards that'll pay you up to like five times points for every dollar that you spend it at uh, at Staples, yeah. right? So now you're earning five x on your credit card, uh, up to five x on your credit card, and then you're earning four miles from United. So now you're earning nine x on that transaction. And then uh, Dosh is a is a thing that you can represent, you can um, link your credit card to. It's a free program. Uh, go to balddots.com forward slash. Yeah, go to balddots.com forward slash Dosh and I'll link you right there. Uh, basically, just tells them that I sent you. Uh, and then uh, right now, they're offering 5% cash back on all your purchases at staples.com. So now wow. you get 5% cash back from Dosh. Uh, you get. Five X firm uh, credit cards, and then on top of that, you're getting four X miles by going through that shopping portal. So now you earned fourteen mm-hmm. X points and miles and cash back on that transaction.
1: Wow! Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead so, and put that link in the notes below the uh, along with the podcast. So if anybody needs that, I'll write that down for you.
2: Oh, that's awesome!
0: So, so those are my, the my so basically shopping is- portals are a way whether it's. Go ahead.
2: I just was going to say, how did you find this? Like, where did these shopping portals come from in your your you know travel journey? How did you find these?
0: Well, I I know the owner of Cashback Monitor. Uh, I've met him at a couple of different conferences, and he presents sometimes. Awesome. And um, he's just a really nice guy, and I, I love to be able to support him. Uh, that's one. But it's again, it's really it's either getting into some of these Facebook groups that people are kind of sharing some some tips and tricks right uh it's reading mm-hmm. the the different websites that are out there mine obviously i want people to read mine but also there's a lot of other really good websites out there as well uh that provide a lot of information uh, because no matter how much i focus on my site i'm never going to be able to write about everything so mm-hmm. uh, realistically the listeners should pick like four or five different blogs that that kind of really speak to them that they, they either they feel like they have a connection with the with the with the author. Um, maybe they write about the topics that they're really interested in because there's a lot of bloggers that talk about United or Southwest or American, Um, whatever. So mm -hmm. find a blog, find a blog that really kind of focuses on the topics that you really like. And then just follow them. And then you'll, you'll kind of see uh, some of these tips and tricks flow through, but realistically like the really like top level ninja secret stuff, uh, is all going to be done like in person and just kind of (laughs) becoming friends with people. And, uh, you just, being human with them, you know, and becoming friends with them. Once they become friends with you, they're more willing to share some of those secrets. And a lot of people, like even myself, when I presented, I'm going to share more on a one-to-one basis in the in the audience than I am going to be on my blog. Right.
2: Well,
1: right. that being human with people—that's yeah. always the part I have a hard time with. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you, Lee. Let me change topics a little bit. The sure. part about your story that I find so fascinating. Is that you were on the banker track, you're 18 years deep into this career, set up, right? I mean, you're set up. You you could be fine. And at some point you said, you know what? I'm just gonna become a travel writer.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh <laughs> I guess luckily my dad's dead, otherwise he would probably kick me in the in the rear, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's, probably waiting for you.
0: he's waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'll get it at some point in the future, you know, but, but no, I mean, it's one of those things that, uh, first off, he never thought I was going to become a banker anyways. And, and I never really thought of myself as a banker, even when I worked for the bank for, for many years. Is that but, right? Oh no. I, I, I consider myself like just a business person. And I, I always kind of took that different vantage point when I looked at things and mm-hmm. I analyzed the numbers or analyzed the the business plans. Um, basically my old job, I was effectively like a a divisional CFO and, uh, Mm -hmm. my title was finance manager, but as effectively a a CFO for the division of the bank that I was supporting. And, um, yeah, it's one of those things that like I was starting to say a little bit earlier that I started going through the process of, of seeing some of these other people being successful, writing it. And I never thought that I would be that successful. I think when I first started my site, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to make all this money. And then the reality sets in and you get like $3 like in affiliate commissions, like the first month and you're like, Oh, okay. That's really <laughs> not, I need more, I need more zeros and commas after the end of that, you know? Uh, but, and so I think this was one of those things where when my dad passed away in in 2012, then, you know, I think my mindset changed a little bit you know, um, okay. partly just, you know, realizing the importance of family, uh, versus career, but wow. also the way that I was received at work that changed what things a little bit as well. What do, you uh, what do you mean? Well, like my immediate boss, he was, I mean, he was cool. I, I was living in California. My parents were in North Carolina when my dad passed away, uh, living near my brother and company policy was, okay, you get three days. Plus, because it's so far, you get one day on each side, so basically you get a week off, and my dad was still working as a bankruptcy attorney uh, during that time. My mom okay. is, is schizophrenic, uh, you Ooh. know she's older, and so she needs to be taken care of, and so there's a lot more that needs to happen than you can in just one week, right No and yeah so, absolutely and, and so my my dad my boss basically said, "Okay, look, I know what the policy says. just take as much time as you need so I, I was really appreciative of that, right So I was there for a week. Took care of some things, and then came home for a week. Uh, brought my wife and my and my my son back, so that way they can you know handle things as much as they could. And then I went back there for another week to try to basically empty out the house that my my parents were living in, uh, so that way we can turn it into a rental and then get my mom into assisted living. And wow, um, that's a lot and to so he was really, yeah. So it was yeah. I mean, it was nonstop, right? So yeah, my my cool. boss was really good as far as giving me that extra second week but the the thing that really kind of upset me, and the thing that was very frustrating, is that we talk a lot about oh it's it's a family, blah, blah blah blah, all this stuff right at the at at the bank. right But when I came back during that week, you know obviously very fresh in my mind, and uh, one, the CFO that I reported through through my boss, uh, so I was like two levels down from him, said nothing to me. Uh, in fact, my boss told me that he said something derogatory. And he said, "I'm not going to tell you because I know that you would go off on him," uh, which, pro- which is probably true. I would probably would go off on him, even though it was like I probably would have been a career ender, um, yeah, just because I love my dad that much, you know. Um, Absolutely. But then on top of that, the I was supporting two executives at that time, and one of them never really said anything to me. And then the other one, I was on the phone with him, and at the time, it, it, yeah, I again, it was very fresh. I started breaking down, crying as we're talking oh. about things right and he's like oh um sounds like you have some stuff going on i'm going to let you go and that was it i'm like well if if i didn't tell you Logan. directly personally i'm very sorry about your father
1: passing thank you very I much i went through something similar relatively recently so my heart goes out to you and I, and i feel your pain especially with your mom still needing you like that that's absolutely
0: you know and so so that like you know I, I kind of, you know, you just got to get over it, right? It's your job. You know, you're not best friends with everybody, right? So you just got to kind of accept it, you know? And so you got to move past it. Uh, but I think it still was kind of sitting in the, in the subconscious, right? Uh, and then probably a year or two later, I was listening to, to one of the personal, fi- uh, personal finance podcasts that I listened to. And this one uh, was called Radical Personal Finance with Joshua Sheets. And he had an episode where he talked about uh, creating a plan to retire in 10 years or less. Okay. And again, because I, I was kind of changing my mindset um, where, you know, family is very important and we wanted to be able to have another child and everything else. And so I was listening to that. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we're pretty frugal as it is uh, pretty good saver. Uh, let me just kind of run the numbers and see how I can do that. Cause at the time I, you know, I had my home equity, I had my mortgage, I had rental property gotcha. mortgages, student loans, car payment, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, okay. If I run the numbers, what can I do? How can I accelerate this and kind of snowball the debt? If you pay off one, and move the, to the other, and to the other, to the other, until everything's paid off. And I looked at it. I'm like, okay, without changing too much, I can actually have everything paid off in ten years. Wow. Like, okay, that, that 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 gave you a lot of reassurance, right? And so I started going down that path. And you know, I didn't plan to to quit my job at any point. Uh, other than have that option ten years down the road, I'm like, okay, well, by that time, then my son will probably be you know fourteen fifteen years old I think fourteen years old, I think when I was kind of in that mindset it'll be 15, 14 years old, my daughter will be uh you know ten there'll be like really good periods of time in their life where um I can if I need to be like I, I can quit my job and be there for them to make sure Absolutely. that they don't do something stupid in high school right um, well, I don't know, you know. if any same high school kids from that, but I feel you. <laughs> yeah, but you can minimize it, right? Like, okay, it's like my daughter wants to go to the mall, like hang out with her friends. I'm like, okay, cool. I got nothing to do today. And I'll just like be there 20 paces behind you all afternoon. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> no, it, when,
1: when I was a <laughs> junior high, wow. when I was a junior high, I took my first date to Burger King. Uh-huh. And my mom came in the Burger King and ate at another table. And my mom <laughs> is not someone who likes Burger King. Oh, yeah. But she's sitting at the other table sort of watching me and my, what is it, eighth grade date? And like, we're eating Burger King and my mom's
0: sitting there watching us. I'm like, mom, what are you doing?
1: What's going on?
0: Yeah, so I would have been that wow. dad. Yeah. So, I feel you. Um, totally. <laughs> but yeah, so going down that path basically set me up for when things started happening. So I went from being like one of the top performers at my job to all of a sudden, you know, the, the switch flipped and I went from, from being the hero to the zero. Like my boss used to be the... he would send me in whenever something was going wrong, whenever something was happening in a different division, I would be the one to go in there and kind of fix it. Right. And then all of a sudden I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know what it was. And then all of a sudden, like I went from doing that. And then all of a sudden they started really clamping down on me. Uh, I basically got to the point at the end of the year of 2017, they zeroed out my bonus and zeroed out my raise when, uh, that had never happened and. The 10 plus year, like, uh, almost 13 years that I was there, nobody had ever had that happen to them. Uh, and this was a good year too, right? Financially for the bank. So there was like no reason for, for that. So they zeroed wow. me out. And uh, next thing you know, by the time I left the bank, uh, you know, six months later, um, actually even a couple months after I got zeroed out, next thing you know, I'm reporting to who this girl who's in her mid to late twenties, uh, had only been with the bank like a, a year or two. And next thing you know, I'm making probably 50 grand more than her in salary. I'm at a higher level in her as far as grade and title and stuff like that. But I'm now reporting to her. And I go from being directly reporting to my boss to now being three levels down from him.
2: Wow. And so,
0: so the writing was very clear on the wall that it was time to go. Uh, it was very stressful for me, uh, you know, having that type of situation happen. I ended up going down on stress leave uh, for like seven weeks, I think something like that. Wow! And, um, yeah. And then next thing, you know, like, uh, when I came back from stress leave, I was basically shut down from anybody. And, um, yeah, next thing, you know, I I said, you know, I, I don't need this. I, you know, obviously I'm not welcome here. Uh, it's obviously time to go. And, uh, so then I I quit at the end of May of 2018. Good Good uh, for you. But I, I kind of saw like the writing on the wall the way things were going, you know. And so I was having discussions with my wife. I'm like, okay, well, um, you know, I can go find another corporate finance job. Uh, you know, the, I mean, there's a lot of those around, right? Um, but the problem is like that we were already our kids were already at that time three and seven, and we we're already marveling at how quickly they've grown up, and we're missing a lot of their life, you know, with the long hours and the commutes and everything else. Because my wife worked a lot of long hours, worked a lot of weekends as an HR manager for a manufacturing plant. And sometimes she'd even go in the middle of the night for work, uh, you know, for really like working, like being there to help out the third shift, you know? Uh, so that way they had HR representation to be able to, to speak to somebody. And so uh. um, I'm like, okay, well, based on this, like we, we saved up enough money. We have some equity in our home, those type of things. Let's just consider like moving someplace else. And, um, yeah. You know, so we looked at different cities. We looked at Seattle and Portland and Denver, Dallas, Austin, Nashville, and we'd actually just bought a property in Nashville that we were considering to, you know, use it as a rental property because this market is pretty hot here. And I'm like, okay, well, um, we looked at some of these other markets and they were just, they were too expensive, uh, you know, and like too much like LA and everything. And plus this way we were closer to family because my, my, my mom and my brother are still in North Carolina and. My wife's brother and her mom are now are in Savannah, Georgia. So this way, we're close by. Uh, again, Nashville just has a great culture, food culture, music, uh, f- friendly people. Uh, and it's really up and coming, right? Amazon's chosen. Since we moved here, Amazon's chosen to be here. Uh, Alliance Bernstein from New York. Mitsubishi's moved their headquarters here. Uh, it's also like the, the epicenter for uh, health in, for the health industry. So there's a lot going on here in Nashville. And uh, so we we decided to move here. Uh, we said, you know, instead of renting out the property that we bought, let's just make that make that our home.
1: How much different awesome. is it to live in the South as opposed to live in Los Angeles? Because it seems like that must
0: be night and day. Oh yeah, no, that's <laughs> there's a lot of difference. You know, uh, I th- I think obviously there's difference. Like the cost of living is way lower. Our house here is thirty percent bigger than it was in California and cost half as much. Uh, really, we, awesome. Yeah, and we live in a, in a more expensive area. You know, so there's That's that, right. uh, gas prices right now are like less than $2 a gallon. Um, <laughs> wow. they going to the DMV to, to register my car. I literally walked in there and did not weigh it at all and paid <laughs> 50, $56 to register my car and to get wow. it smogged. I drove through a building, stopped for five minutes, paid him $9 and was done with the smog.
1: <laughs> I want to wow. say registration in Hawaii right now, like start at 350 bucks.
0: Yeah. Right. So, yes. so things like and that. Then, and then you're waiting.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're waiting yeah. long. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's pretty incredible. The, the, the cost differentials there. Uh, obviously it's not California weather, right? It gets you know chilly in the winter. Um, occasionally there'll be like snow that'll last for like a day or two, you know? Um, it's not like heavy, deep snow, but it, I mean, there's, it's enough for it to stick on the ground in the summertime there's mosquitoes and it gets kind of warm and, and muggy, but, I'm inside all day. I don't care. I'm, I'm in the air conditioning. It's 72 <laughs> right? inside my house all year long. So I, it doesn't bother me.
2: <laughs> well, so uh, you're from, you're from California for, I mean, for years at a time. Is that where you met Marcus? How did you guys meet? Cause I know you, you uh-oh. have a long history.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This story. We were in a, we were in a fraternity together, uh, different yes. chapters oh. for different schools. And, fun. uh, he, he grew up in Southern California and was back visiting from the the school he was at. And that's He's, he just stopped by the chapter uh the, the house, and I don't remember if I was president when you were, when you came by or, or what it was, but I want to say you're either treasurer or young because you were president by the time I left. Oh, okay, yeah, so maybe like I, I was in like four years or something. I was probably like the social chairman, uh, something like that but uh but yeah, so we just became friends that way and uh, stayed in contact and I, I that's just like one of my like superpowers is I just stay in contact with people and Good. um I'm like the the center of the web, right? And so a lot of people like when the whenever I have parties, a lot of people that wouldn't normally like meet meet and hang out are all hanging out at, at you know in our barbecues and our backyard parties and stuff like that.
1: Naomi, do you remember when um and I'm not I know you're way younger than us, but do you remember <laughs> when all the girls would wear a little black backpack that was like a purse but it looked like a backpack?
2: Yes, and it it was like kind of low, more on the yeah. low back. Yeah, and it had
1: like I long do. strings that were like a backpack, but it looked like a purse. You remember that? Right. I, I want to say it was like Prada, but I'm sure there were copies and everything.
2: Oh, it was just the trends of the time. Yeah, I want to say it was. Okay. I, I want to say it was like 90s, right? Was that is that the right time? It would yeah.
1: have been 95, 97 ish, somewhere. Yeah.
2: in there. I remember some yeah. some jeans and some belly rings along that same time. <laughs> <laughs> right. So,
1: so when I came to visit Lee, who was in a fraternity in Southern California at the time, we were – both members of our local fraternities, which was part of the national fraternity of Phi Capita. Of Phi Capita. I brought a friend of of mine with me who uh, went by Shoeless Joe Turner uh, from my (laughs) home chapter (laughs) who had never been to California before. He had never been out of the South before. This was his first time, spoke with the twang, wanted to make it in Hollywood, but he came with me and went to the fraternity party. And at the party we were having, uh, a ton of girls walked in because that's what girls do at a fraternity party, at a fraternity like Lee's. And one by one, they were all wearing the same sort of black backpack, <laughs> this purse backpack. <laughs> one by one, they were all coming in. And there must have been, I don't know, a million girls, whatever, a thousand girls were there at the time. And they all had the same backpack on. And uh, Shoeless Joe Turner looks at him and goes, what, all you girls bring your homework? Oh my,
2: oh my, and how did that work for you? And did it work for you? I mean, did you end up with a number or a girlfriend or a date by the end of that? Or, or was that just like completely killed your game?
1: Well, no, that's a different story. Well, right? the, the I'm a goofy southerner. Show me the ways that you uh, big city women played I think well it would have worked.
2: I thought played so. Well I thought that that might actually have gotten you a date, you know, or at least your name would have got tossed around in that circle for a long time. I think so.
0: Well, the, can thing I tell, the thing can is that Marcus wasn't really from Arkansas yeah. where he went to school. He was exactly. from California. He was yeah. just pretending to be from the, the from the south when he was over there in Arkansas.
2: Yes, yes. So he and then, back, and then this he came you know.
0: back, he pulled the SoCal accent back out. And so he was the normal kid. Jody was the guy with the accent. <laughs> so
1: uh, can I tell Tori about underage drinking at your fraternity, which is 20 years old?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I mean... It's outside the scope of limitations in both me and you. I'm I'm relying on you as my attorney for this call. I paid you a (laughs) dollar ahead of this call.
1: (laughs) I never got it. So um, I have a cousin uh, from Hawaii, right? And he's Hawaiian, Hawaiian blood, dark skin, uh, Hawaiian kid, right? Grew up in uh, rural... Oahu then moved to Big Island, where he hunts, fishes, he eats by catching fish and uh, killing pig. That's how he lives. Well, his mom, who is my father's sister, brought him to town. And this is, I don't know, 97, 98. He was, I want to say 14, and he was six feet tall and looked kind of like Shaq. Like, the guy was huge. (laughs) But he was 14. Um. And somehow he told me that his mom let him drink beer all the time, and I believed him. So I took him (laughs) and uh, Shoeless Joe, and we went to one of these fraternity parties. We told everybody there he was 18. uh, But I told him, you know, if anybody comes, you tell me, I'll give you beer. Okay, so the three of us are talking to these three girls. Uh, Jody's doing the best because he always had a rap. I had nothing. And then as we're talking to these three girls, we're all friends. The girls live with Jody. The one talking to my cousin, and he's from... Now, at this point, he had been living on Big Island maybe six years. Turns to me and looks at me and goes, is he speaking English? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What are you talking about? He goes, she goes, I don't understand a word he's saying.
2: Right? We still don't. His pigeon I mean-
1: was so thick.
2: Because he's from Big Island. Just, That's exactly why. There you go. You brought was, like the, the 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 best of us. You brought the best of us there. And not
1: Kona Hilo. His pigeon was so thick <laughs> that she just didn't get it. Like she's sitting there. He's <laughs> talking to her. They were talking. I don't know, 20 minutes. He's 14 years old talking to this 23 year old girl. And um, I don't know, five, ten minutes, she looks I don't understand a word he's saying. That I might thought be that better. was my one shot. I thought that was my one shot to get him to go to college. I told his mom, I said, Well oh. I wanted to go oh. to college. I was trying to show him the best part of it,
2: but then he drank that was beers. Our plan. He drank beers. So, so then instead, he learned. He learned that when I got with Marcus, it's not that I go to school; it's that I get I get free beer.
0: <laughs> Maybe we should have had the girls show up with the little backpacks,
2: <laughs> right? The backpacks. <laughs> For about
1: two weeks, he was ready to re- enroll at, at Fullerton. Awesome. He was ready to go.
2: Awesome.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I mean, we and tried. One fish maker.
2: Well, I give you credit. You tried. I gotta-
1: I got as far as I could.
2: You did. You did. And it's probably better if she didn't understand what he was saying. I mean, maybe maybe for her sake, you know?
1: And There's you know, that's, ab- that's absolutely true.
2: I mean, you, you take a, you, a, a Big Island boy out of Big Island, but do you really take the Big Island out of the boy? I don't think so. There's a it, lot of things it, it, that, that shouldn't be translated. In that conversation, and he could you know? get
1: why she didn't understand. He just yeah. it just was. He could get it, but you know, I mean, fourteen. <laughs> there you go.
2: Well, I love this story. That's awesome. I love this story.
1: So Lee, I appreciate your time. Absolutely, thank you for spending your time talking to us. I want to ask you one more question. How long have you been uh, podcasting or doing this type of thing?
0: At this point, I started my podcast in it released in September of 2018. So, I'm actually closing in on podcast number One hundred, so awesome. I've got to create something special for that, but uh, it comes out every every Monday. It's thirty minute uh, weekly episodes where I interview somebody different from a different part of the current, both the country as well as the world, big cities, small cities, and it's basically as a listener, you're eavesdropping in on a personal conversation where I'm asking somebody about the best things to do in their town and so mm. this way, instead of Googling what to do in Honolulu or you know Paris or whatever, you're basically hearing it from a local that says, "Okay, well, instead of doing this—that's like all the touristy stuff—try right. this. This is like where the, where, where the locals go eat, or uh, instead mm-hmm. of waiting in line for three hours to get into that attraction, here's how you get around that line." And so that's but, basically the what the conversation is about,
1: which is ideal. Say, I mean, that's exactly
0: yes. what I would want to listen to in the airplane, sort of yeah. on the way there absolutely yes. so we have big can, cities we have small cities you know some of it's like really cool where as i'm getting to know some of these people and hearing about their towns there are towns that i would have never even thought about visiting uh, you know uh, like one of the first ones that i did and this guy has a really awesome podcast about personal finance called stacking benjamins they win awards all the time this guy's like you know really good with his podcast um and so I asked him, I said, hey, would you really mind, would you mind being on my podcast? You know, maybe you can help me out and give me some pointers and tips. And I said, uh, at the time he was living in Texas, in Texarkana. So do you want to talk about Texarkana? Or I know you're from, I know you're from Detroit. You want to talk about Detroit, you know? And those are the two cities I knew about. He's like, he said, no, actually I want to talk about Bentville, Arkansas. I'm like, I'm like, what is Bentville, Arkansas? I don't even know where that is. That's at. And um, so ultimately we talked about it and that's the home of Walmart and they have, they actually have this really cool, uh, they call it the crystal bridges museum. It's yeah. just, it's like the, the Louvre of the American art. It's really awesome because you think about it, Walmart, these people have gobs and gobs of money. And so they buy all this art and rather than put their, all their art on display in New York, they put it in display on and in, basically in their backyard at this amazing museum that looks like it's basically floating over the water.
1: You're, and Naomi, you're going to think I'm joking when I tell you this, but when because this was not remotely planned. Um, what I told you, Shoeless Joe Turner, is the one who came with me, literally Bentonville is his hometown. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's actually where he's from, is Bentonville. So when he said Texarkana, <laughs> I was like, ha that's close enough. And he said, let me tell you about Bentonville. I said, what?
0: Yeah. And so when I launched my podcast, that was one of the first few ones that I launched, but... It wasn't the first one because then probably nobody would have listened. You know, <laughs> I, had, I had to tease him with uh, some Nashville and some Austin and, and stuff like that before I got to Bentonville. But Which is- uh, I will say this, and this was, yeah, I think, a, a good testament to without patting myself on the back and like stretching my arm out, but that one of my friends who's like, I really value his opinion because he will tell me if something sucks. If, if I'm doing something bad, and this is exactly the type of friend I want, that if I'm doing something bad, he's going to tell me what, what's wrong with it. And tell me to, to stop doing that and do something different uh, because it's horrible, right? And I said, look, I, I really need you to listen to this episode. Just kind of l- give me your thoughts on it. He's like, and he didn't want to listen to it at first because it was Bentonville, Arkansas. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, but then he listened to it because I, I told him, I said, really, I need your feedback. And so he listened to it and he's like, you know, I actually want to go there now. And so if, to me, that, <laughs> like, that really sold me on the idea you know, I'm going to do this anyways, because that's what I do when I travel. I'm, I'm that guy that pesters somebody on the bus or at the bar or whatever the locals and I'm like, Hey, you know, tell me what, tell me what there is to do in your town. And so now instead of me traveling to these countries and these cities to do it, I'm doing it over the internet, you know, interviewing people for the podcast.
2: And I was going to ask you, how do you find these people? Do they submit to you or are you hunting for them or?
0: A little bit of both. Uh, so I've gotten to the point now where one, I, I have a lot of episodes out there. And, and so some of it's good SEO where people are finding the podcast now. Um, but a lot of it started out with friends uh, from the, some of the different networks that I belong in with the travel side and the personal finance. Uh, and then I put it out there in different like Facebook groups for the, are for podcasters saying, Hey, anybody want to promote their show and, and tell me about your town. Uh, and that basically invite them to come onto the show. And, um, and the, yeah. And now like, uh, the one that just released actually this morning is from Mazalan and a PR firm that is working on behalf of the hotel there uh, basically reached out to me and said, "Hey, we, would you like to interview Get the out. CEO of El Cid Resorts?" Wow, awesome! And so, and so yeah, it was really cool. And so some other some other PR firms have been reached out to me uh, to basically talk about like their people from that are that have a book or have a podcast or whatever that they're trying to promote. And that's cool. I mean, I let people promote stuff, but really that's at the end of the podcast. So for the first like 25 minutes or so, it's all about the city, uh, things to do, how to get around, uh, what airport to take, whether you need a car, you know, those type of questions that basically everybody really needs to know whenever you're kind of planning a trip.
2: Very cool. Thank you.
1: So having uh, done your podcast, listening to 100 podcasts and then listening to ours, for the last however many minutes
0: tell us how awesome we're doing oh you guys are knocking out of the ballpark you're having awesome guests like me on there no i'm just kidding so (laughs) (laughs) no the good thing is like you know just listening to the two of you talk and banter you it sounds natural which is awesome you know it's not one of those things where it's kind of forced you know sometimes they talk about like you know if you watch a movie or whatever and they say that the two actors don't have chemistry uh and it's sometimes evident right uh it's evident that you that you two know each other and like each other and are able to, to, to kind of banter back and forth on different topics.
2: Oh, that's awesome to hear! See, I, I like you, Marcus. I'll keep you. See,
1: I appreciate there you, you saying that. On my part, it's one hundred percent acting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll this forgive is, you later. I'll forgive you later.
1: Total method acting. I just right with um, oh, with
2: all your improv, with all of your amazing improv
1: skill. With all of my skill, this is what I'm trying to do. But I'm glad that's the way it comes across. So, I appreciate very much Lee. I appreciate you spending time and taking the time with us. I know it's late where you are, so I'm going to let you go to sleep. And thank you very much for introducing us to Baltosts. And this is actually the finale of the first season of the Aloha Friday podcast.
0: Woo! That's fantastic. Say so the best last, right?
1: There we go. And that's well exactly what you said <laughs> about you didn't want to start with your big Bentonville episode. <laughs> yeah that's part of the reason why I saved you to be the crowning moment of this we've had um we've had a male dancer we've had a <laughs> rock star we've had an actress who made her own movie, and we're closing with a guy who gave up everything in order to start a podcast and coach us on how to do it better. so I appreciate you being our yeah. executive producer
0: <laughs> it's, it's great to be here and it's good to be both it's good to be both I mean. Yeah. It's good to meet Naomi. It's so, so to meet you, Marcus. Uh, <laughs> you <know?
2: laughs> well, thank you. I can't wait to travel. Yeah. As soon as we can get out of here, I'm going to go to what site? Where am I going to go to, to find out how to travel and do it at the least cost?
0: Well, so if Which you want to learn how to be able to pay for it with, uh, with miles and points, go to baldthoughts.com and I actually have a free course where you can learn. And it basically walks you through the process of picking out a place to go, learning about what airlines fly there and what hotels are there, and you can go through that entire process for free. And then when you need some inspiration as far as where to travel, go to wetravelthere.com or listen to uh, or look at on any of the different podcast players. uh, Look for We Travel There, and then you'll find my podcast.
1: Perfect. Thank you very much, Lee, and thanks to all of our listeners to making it to the end of the first season of the Aloha Friday podcast.